This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Uh, Let's see. Make sure that you are subscribed to us all over the place. You know where to do it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. That way, if you subscribe, it comes right to your device. You don't have to worry about going and hunting it down. But if you do, every single Monday at MetalSucks.net, you can find this podcast Click on the podcast page, and you can go and check out all of the past podcasts and see and uh, listen. You can see, listen to what we've done in the past, and you know there's a couple of cool interviews here and there. So yeah, oh, we got you, another one. We got another. Oh, this one is uh, this. Uh, we, we, he's back again. We had uh, we had Joe Duplantier on the podcast before and played us a little snippet of a song that he was working on for this new record called Magma, and uh, and we get to talk to him again right here on the. Eve? Well, not quite the Eve. It's not coming out till June. Uh, but we wanted to talk to him again because this record is going to be somewhat intense for the band Gojira. Yeah, they're doing a headline tour and everything. I mean, I got a chance to see them finally headline uh, a few months ago. But, you know, as they were, I guess, recording or finishing up recording, they did a quick little European uh, jaunt. And I got to say, they, the greatest band in metal today is Gojira. Yeah, I would... Uh, I, that, that's not... That's a bold statement, but I think I can get behind it, actually. I, I'm kind of with you. And, and to see the fervor with which people... like the, the it, People rabid when, once that thing went live as far as the uh, announcement of the tour. People were going crazy. Like, where do I get tickets? What are you doing? What's the code? Getting people all over the place trying to find out you know how to get tickets early and making sure that it didn't sell out on them. So... People are really stoked to see Gojira again. And headlining. That's yeah. the, that's the cool thing. I mean, they got Tesseract opening up, which there's hardly, I mean, one of the greatest bands in metal today as well. You know, opening up for them. They're head, I mean, it's, they're not opening for Slayer. They're mm-hmm. not opening for Mastodon. They're not opening for, the, you know, at 7 p.m. at some festival. They're going to do a full set. And I'm telling you, I saw a full set. Gojira full set is on. They, they're, they're, they are peerless. Absolutely peerless. That is awesome. So, yeah, we're going to get that interview in this episode. We're going to hear a new song from uh, Bear Tooth also as well and talk about uh, whether or not you need to be a real band to be a mental band these days. Uh, I, I don't know if you have to be or not, or can you just be and people will love you. Uh, it's all over the interwebs, especially, you know, with uh, some revelations about bands like Ghost Bath and, uh, you know, the revitalization, hopefully, of Death Clock here soon enough. You know, hopefully that's going to be a thing again. At least I, I hope so anyway. So, hey, uh, also make sure that you are with us on social media and stuff, man. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, I'm at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks, Godless Speaks on Facebook and Spotify. And if you want to hook up with us on Instagram, I suggest you do so, at Chuck and Godless on Instagram. And if you uh, want to find our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless, we appreciate your uh, support. 
Uh, yeah, please stop he, stop hearing us talk about it and going, yeah, yeah, I got to go do that. Just today, could you like right now go sign up? And you know, even if you don't like sign up to give us money, just sign up on Patreon. So that way later on when you get the urge to send us money, you'll, <laughs> you, you can do it's so much easier then. You yeah, know what I mean? You're already there. Like, it's already ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. well, we, I mean, we could really appreciate the support. We well, really and, and I finally got our interview with uh, Tomas Lindbergh from At The Gates up there on our Patreon page. That's just for our subscribers there. Uh, also got, you know, our first podcast from like before we did the Metal Sucks podcast. We did another show called Visions from the Dark Side. Uh, that one, you know, I'm posting old episodes of that up there. So there's special interview content and some other stuff for you to check out and some cool stuff like that. So, yeah, I think I actually am going to post something else, which might be another song from David Vincent. Uh, from from last week's show that I went to, because oh, yeah. I video visions from the dark side. I know yeah. I videotaped a couple of the songs because I went to that performance that he did of of the new country thing that he's got going on, and uh, so I I think I might throw a couple of those up there because I actually you know videoed a few of them, and my YouTube channel is kind of useless at this point. So <laughs> so David Vincent, who I remember back in like 1990 on the Altars of uh, Madness tour, like smoke everywhere. Where I mean, evil, satanic, morbid angel. Yeah, dude, hell yeah, of course he is. He's freaking great. Uh, And and now, yeah, now, now, (laughs) ever since he maybe sort of got kicked out of Morbid Angel a few months ago, now he's reemerged. In Austin, as uh, the, the the future of country and western. <laughs> well, I I don't know about the future of country and western, but he's not. I have to say that he is not bad. It's not bad. I went with a specific purpose because the last time I saw him play was with the reunited Morbid Angel, sort of. And, you know, they, they, it, was, it was as good as they were before, you know, 15 years ago when I saw him. So, I mean, it was... It was great to see him on stage with Morbid Angel, but then this was just weird. I mean, really, 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 really weird because, you know, I I see this guy and I expect to hear something completely different. And he's just railing this old school kind of country sound, this old twangy country thing. And he's got these low pipes, right? And you ever hear him talking, he's got a lower voice than I do, you know? I mean, he's got this really, really low voice. And it works. It it actually kind of works. Now, I got to say, like, if you watch the performances, if you saw him on YouTube or whatever, he's a little stiff. You know, you can tell that I don't want to say it's like nerves, but, you know, it's a bass player. He's a bass player playing guitar and singing instead of screaming at the top of his lungs. But he he kind of pulls it off. Yeah, and now he played, he performed, tell me if I'm wrong, like at a totally legit country club, not like a metal bar. No, it was, it's a place called, in in town, it's called the White Horse. Now, it's, now, don't get me wrong, it's sort of a hipster country bar. It's not like the Broken Spoke or one of those classic places that you hear about, the honky tonk. But White Horse is definitely kind of a little honky tonk here in, in, in Austin, so it's legit. And and, uh, and the yeah. and the crowd that was there is it filled with a bunch of Morbid Angel T shirts or what? <laughs> that was what was kind of funny. Uh, I met a podcast listener, which was kind of funny. Cool. Yeah, it was it was like, dude, I, I was wondering if you're going to be here, man, or if you're going to be at the Black Dolly Murder. I skipped the Black Dolly Murder to go watch this, by the way, yeah. uh, which I was kind of pissed pissed off afterwards when I found out what they did live. I was not happy. Uh, but Fallujah was awesome that night, by the way. 
Uh, but no, there were some Morbid Angel, like four or five Morbid Angel T-shirts in the in the audience. So there are some people that were in the know, you know, definitely in the know. But the other thing was was that there's uh, like a wedding party going on. So there's like this whole slew of just people that were there for a wedding party who had no idea what the fuck was happening. There was just this country band that was on stage. Oh, he should have played a country version of Chapel of Ghouls. <laughs> Dude. I, I mean, come on. I, I, I was waiting. I was seriously waiting for, for something like some immortal rights or something to come out of him. But uh, what did I tweet? I was like, yeah, I don't think this band knows immortal rights. Uh, but no, the the bit like the group of people that were there really enjoyed it. They were dancing, they were yeah. swinging, they were having fun. Like you know, it was, he had the crowd into it, which was pretty cool. Don't you think that it's so much cooler that like David Vincent's like, you know what, this is what I want to do, and screw y'all, y'all, because that's how he has to talk now. Screw all y'all. <laughs> this is what I'm gonna do instead of like uh you know somebody else who's like always been doing metal. They don't want to do metal anymore, but they go well. Here's my new metal band, yeah. and I'm not I'm not calling Joey Jordanson like a poser or anything. Maybe this is what he really, really, really wants to do. But what if he really doesn't want to do more metal? Maybe wouldn't it be cooler if he pulled a David Vincent and just said, "Hey, man, I'm just doing uh, you know pan flute. You know that's what I'm into now. You know whatever." Yeah. And that that I can get behind. You know. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is that ultimately, you know, do you want somebody that's going to be making metal that that's not just not into it you know and it, it becomes this mediocre sort of meh kind of whatever you see musicians that have been in the prog area that have come out and done jazz instead you know like a uh, or what's the dan briggs's thing that he does on the side that's just a saxophone and drums and oh, tree escapes and, and bass and bass you know weird fucking weird like, like you know it's just weird but it's it's like okay more power to him at least it's something he's doing something that's completely different and I like that. I think that I think that's actually kind of a cool thing. And, you know, go where your heart is, man. You know, fuck it. If your heart isn't in Morbid Angel anymore and you're not one to make death metal, God forbid, there's enough bad death metal out there already anyway. So I'll tell you what, though. I at this point, rather than seeing Morbid Angel do a tour where they play Altars of Madness in its entirety, I'd rather see David Vincent and his honky tonk band playing Altars of Madness in its entirety. I mean, that would be just the <laughs> coolest, oh you know? Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be so cool. <laughs> so good. Well, and and it was kind of fun because okay, so he did take a, a playbook kind of out of uh, the uh, David on Co playbook a little bit where david on co had an album full of like the dirtiest country songs ever right i mean like one of the songs called come stains on your pillow kind of thing you know uh and, and stuff like that so there was the songs where he's talking about titties uh he's talking about satan uh he's you know like there's the, he's cussing he you know f-bombs in some of the songs you know so it was definitely um a little more risque than what you would get from a regular country you know especially modern country album kind of thing but yeah, I I definitely enjoyed it. I thought it was a he did a great job, you know, and I yeah. was I was impressed and and I believed it. Like I was watching him and I believed it. He's into it, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's pretty cool. I, dude, uh, ha- satanic honky tonk. I'm I'm down. <laughs> I think I it's mean, a new I, genre, you know. I could be the coolest. I mean, I I so I've always said that I've got a ton of respect for David Vincent and all the guys who like built this genre that we love. And if if you love metal you have to give lifelong respect to guys like David Vincent. Totally. So 
anything he wants to do, whatever you want to do, man, it's all good. But if you're going to do something, I just hope that you're into it. And if he's doing something crazy like this, the only explanation is he's into it. And that's cool. Yeah. Well, speaking of some doing something a little bit crazy, you might notice something different about the new Gojira. And one of those things uh, would be clean singing. It is something that uh, they've never actually done on i don't think any of their records is that uh, am i right about that that's that i haven't noticed any i'm trying to think about like the link and some of the really old stuff and i don't think they've ever done it like so i don't think in this album is something that that is i would say completely different for these guys and we get to talk about that in this interview with uh, joe duplantier from gojira let's listen to that now here on the metal sucks podcast Joey, I think I heard you yelp when he said, is 40 minutes enough? You're like, oh, my God. I'm like, what? Ask me if 48 minutes is not too long. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. It's cool. It's cool. It's a uh, press day today, so it's all good. Good. You've been doing a ton of these? Uh, yeah. It's the beginning. It's uh, it's starting, yeah. Joe, when we talked to you a couple, uh, two and a half years ago, you, you, you were so kind as to play us through the phone the demo version i think the riff from stranded out of your laptop is that possible is that the right riff because it was so hard to hear it sounded like the engine oh okay 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 oh yeah it was you yeah uh, i can't remember what song it was whatever i was working on at the time i was uh in the studio or on tour i don't know but yeah i can't remember what song it was did you uh, guys listen to the record yet? Oh yeah, yeah, we definitely oh, cool. listened. To it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, we were trying to we were trying to match it up between what we what we heard because it was I think you were on the bus with a laptop, uh, just doing some rough recording while you guys were on okay, the road. Okay, so it's very possible that uh, whatever you heard uh, didn't make it on the record. Oh, yeah, because uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of the songs we wrote uh, we found were too weak. So uh, we put them back on a shelf, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll pick, we'll maybe pick them up later, you know, with better lyrics or d- different stuff. But it, what's interesting on this record, usually we um, we work on, you know, fifteen songs, and then um, one gets kicked out, and then there's fourteen songs on the record, and and that's it. But on the, but this time we it's more like we wrote, wrote like forty songs and and nine of them made, made them on the record, something like that. So we 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 worked more and uh, a, a little differently too on that on that album. I, I read somewhere where you had said that this has to be the greatest Gojira album of all time. Why do you <laughs> why do you feel that way? It's just one thing I said uh, in the middle of an interview, and the way I put it is like I was explaining that. The the way we work, we always uh, aim for the stars, you know. Like we we aim for excellence. That's that's what that's what we have in mind when we write. We it's this absolute thing. Um, obviously, every musician, I, I guess, when they when they put out a record, they they want to do the, the best record ever. It's like a way of saying, oh, we wanted to do an excellent record, and then. That line became the main title of the interview, and then, and then amplified, and you know it's strange. And and then I I read uh, a few days later on the internet, oh Gojira said that they're going to put out the best record ever, <laughs> the best record of all time, or whatever. I'm like, no, that's not what I said. You know, it's, it's a little different. 
but um, that's what I meant by that is uh, each time we we write a song in our heads it needs to be the best song ever you know because I kind of took it in a different way I felt like it was it sounded like you were either challenged by the how good the reviews were for Levant Sauvage or some of the you know like you guys had consistently been on an upward trajectory like this one has to be has to be beat them all and it felt like it was almost a challenge for you guys yes yes of course there is a little bit of that it's true yeah I don't really like to admit it, but we're we're in the competition, you know, for who's going to be the tightest, who's going to be the best, and who's going to be... So I like to think of what we do like art, and art is not competition. It's just you, you, put, you make art, and you express your emotions. And But there's another side of it is, oh, where are we on the bill? You know, we're on top of that band now. We were used to be below that band, and now we're on top of them, and it's cool, and it's um, we're progress- progressing and um, uh, or you know this, this that thing when you're going to play a show with other bands and we're going to destroy them you know <laughs> and but in fact we're all friends and it's all cool but it's like this uh, also this aspect that you know we're in a we're in a fight and uh, we enjoy that so of course we release a record we want to impress people and but I just you know this it's a little bit of that and a little bit of this and uh and uh but mostly mostly we're we're in this for uh, for art and uh, we want to bring our contribution to uh music the the history of music and our uh in a humble way you know is we're playing metal and uh we do our thing and uh uh, we have a great time doing it, and we we take pride in uh, in what we do and our, we our craft. And even if people don't like this record, it's okay because we really love it and we're proud of it, and we had a great time doing it. Joe, it's interesting that you bring up that idea of being above certain bands on the festival bills and that sort of thing because. It it I, I gotta say I've seen you a bunch of times. I I finally got to see you guys headline a nice long set while you were in Dublin just a few months ago, and I walked away from that going, "There's just no doubt in my mind that Gojira is the greatest metal band in the world today." Right? And, and so <laughs> wow. and so, but so it, it to me it's like I remember 1992 when Slayer headlining in arenas and have and yeah. being able to lay claim to being the best metal band in the world. Yeah. Is there a frustration that you guys are not yet playing arenas like you deserve? You don't have Iron Maiden-like audiences like you deserve yet? <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much for thinking that and, and saying that. Um, I guess there is a frustration, but at the same time, um, because it's true, we don't headline a lot. You know, we open for for bands a lot, and and very good bands, very big bands like Metallica and stuff. So it's like, it's rewarding and it's it's awesome. And and we toured with Slayer, and we grew up listening to Slayer. Um, so this is great. Now it's time for us to headline more at our own level. Uh, we're not playing arenas. We're not close to that yet. So I guess it's the reality of um, of what we are. Is we're not an arena band. We're a club band, but bigger and bigger. And we take our time. And you know what? What's interesting for us, and what that's what I like, and that keeps me going, is that we never went down. We always progressing. Yeah. Step by step, slowly, we take our time. Our music is a little 
it's a touch uh, touch too uh, challenging to make it on the radio, for example, to to attract uh, the girls at the show because <laughs> we all know that when the girls go to the show, then the guys go to the show <laughs> to the show even more because that's where the chicks are. So we don't have that factor really. Our music is a bit too challenging. We don't have the catchy choruses and stuff like that. But uh, we like it this way. We like to take our time and. And there's no doubt in our minds that we're gonna, we're still gonna uh, evolve uh, as human beings, as uh, musicians, and we uh, we find ourselves, we 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 appreciate our music more and more, and um, that's the real adventure. It's true that uh, a couple years ago we we're like, oh, if, if we're still going up like that, then we're gonna end up in arenas. But I don't see that happening yet. Maybe one day, maybe not. It's not really. Uh, so to answer your question, there's a, sometimes a little frustration, like, damn, I've been doing this for 20 years, and, you know, um, people really dig our band, but we, we're still kind of stuck sometimes in, in between. Um, we'll see what happens. It's exciting. I don't know. There's some clean vocals on this one, so the... Uh, yeah, the, I should have called the album Chicks Dig It. Yeah, the, the ladies may come <laughs> running this time, so... <laughs> yes, there's more clean vocals, and uh, that's the reason for that is because I, I, I wanted to sing, and I, I, I love to sing, and it's something that I've been trying to do on, on other records, but somehow it was not quite the right uh, vibe for it. The music was more... Yeah, I still had to scream... And now I have to sing. It's like more like a necessity. Uh, so it's it's good. I'm happy to see uh, more clean clean singings coming out of my throat. Yeah, me cool. too. Are are you cool. do, do, do are you nervous at all about singing in concert? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, I'm mostly nervous because it's challenging to um, uh, to play. This loud music, this uh, very technical and fast, and all of a sudden switch to a song where I'm going to be singing more. I'm excited because I, I I love singing, and I can't wait to bring these songs uh, to uh, in the live situation and and uh, give birth to them really for real live. But it's I'm a bit nervous, yeah. I don't know. Like, am I, am I going to be able to sing in tune, or and some of the parts are a bit challenging technically. And I don't know what, how it's going to be. But I always feel the same each time we start an album cycle, so I'm not too worried. Just nervous about it in general. Yes. Yeah. I, I want to do good. I guess you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and two, you know, this is that step toward the arena band. You know, you start to you start starting to break out a little bit, and trying new things and and yeah. different stuff. This is a, a, a com, I wouldn't say a complete departure from what you guys have done before, but this is probably the farthest away from what you guys have done previously than any record yeah. you guys in your catalog. Yes, yes, that's cool. You know, the, you uh, we were starting to get some some feedback on the record. Um, um, a few people heard it. We had a listening party in New York, and and now some people. Uh, it was just a one time thing, so people were like giving us their impressions um, after one uh, listen, and it was on a PA and stuff. So it's a bit different, but it's very interesting to have people's feedbacks. Uh, now, because we're very anxious to uh, to release this record, and we're very excited about it. Are you tired of it yet? <laughs> no, no, not yet. No. Uh, somehow I am because I mixed it, and um, with our uh, live sound engineer, we were together in the studio for months uh, working on this. Uh, the mixing was more like weeks, but because 
I'm not a real mixer. It takes more time for me. But I think it's interesting because there's no middleman between us and our fans. It's directly, uh, it's this. It's a really. It's a, this album is made by the band, really. So it's that's why it's interesting. Also, it does sound like the most organic record by a long shot that you guys have ever done. And I say that in terms of uh, just that there seems to be a lot of push and pull between what you are doing versus what your brother's doing on the drums. And then there's a lot of push and pull on, on the emotions that are happening on this record. I mean, it's, 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 it's a, it's an, a, an absolute new direction in a way for, yeah. for Gojira. Yes, it's true. It's, it's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for me, it took time and for Mario and the rest of the band, we um, we took our time for that. It's been, we've been working on this for three years, so I don't quite. It's interesting what you're saying now. Like it's a, it's a new direction for us. We took that turn a while ago because it took us, uh, you know, a while to record and produce and all that. So for me, I'm so full of these songs. It's really what we are. Um, it's not a radical change, but there is a change. Yes, it's true. So yeah, you don't yeah. Feel, you don't feel it as much. It's that it's that slow slow change for you guys. Yes, it started a while ago uh, when we were right after recording L'Enfant Sauvage. It, that was uh, in 2012. Right after that, and during the the making of that album too, we had other ideas and other stuff. Sometimes a record can be very limiting because you have all these ideas and and I want to say even colors, you know, sometimes we see colors when we imagine even a song. Sometimes we just imagine the kind of song we would like to, to do and then we jam and something else happens and then the record is happens to be totally different than, than the, the vision of it. And um, L'Enfant Sauvage was like that. We had other things in mind. And that came out, and it was great and, and stuff, but we already had that. I already had that, that singing parts in me that I wanted to express and um, songs that are more like um, a little groovier, a little slower, and almost stoner kind of uh, vibe. Um, so I'm really glad that uh, on this album we, we got to explore more of that. It's, it was in us uh, for a while, I guess. It seems like so much has changed for you guys since L'Enfant Sauvage and families, and then, of course, uh, the passing of your, your mother uh, last yeah. July and all that. Yeah. So how much of that stuff has really affected this album, and, and would this album be of any different if it was released and completed two years ago versus being released now in 2016? How much of it impacted the record, all of it. Uh, the fact um, that we lost our mom, she was, she was young, she was 64 when she died, and it was too, it's too young. I mean, it's always, it's never the right moment uh, to lose someone, but it's, um, so it's, it's a tragedy uh, for us, and it's the hardest thing we, we've, we've experienced. Uh, at the same time, it's, it's the one, number one, common point between every uh, uh, living being on this planet is that we die at some point. We just uh, disappear and we all experience that with the loved ones and then ourselves, we end up experiencing that too. So it's, a, it's, it's even most common, it's even more common than, than birth because some people die before they're born. So it's like the number one thing. <clears throat> In a way, uh, we take it easy on that, but, but it was really, it was earth shattering and it, and it happened 
in the middle of the making of the record. So part of the record and most of the writing happened before she passed, and that was really uh, tough, and we were still hoping that she would make it. And then, uh, we, uh, we completed the recording and the mixing and, and all that after she died. So, of course, the impact uh, of that event is huge. And uh, most of the lyrics, um, I want to say at least 50% of the lyrics are directly, you know, about that. And uh, it's very deep and it's very, I'm not, you know, we're talking about it now and it's cool, but I don't want to talk too much about this, you know, because there's other things and I want to be positive about, you know, uh, the record. I don't want that. that. Shadow on the record all the time, but so that's why I'm saying it's also a common thing on the planet. It's something that we all experience, and um, it can be also a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. I mean, there's sadness, but there's also beauty, and uh, I like to wonder what's happening after death too. You know, where where is my my mom now? Where is she? What is 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 she still her, or is she? Uh, just like is she off and there's nothing anymore or was that just an illusion or it's like is she still uh, all these questions uh, are haunting the songs and, and stuff but in a, in, a, in a cool way I think it adds um, uh, spirit to the record and um, also we Mario and me um, we became dads we have kids now mm-hmm. which is uh, new um, so yes, we're different people. We're the same people, but we're, we changed. You know, we 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 experienced stuff, and our priorities are different. And when before we were concerned uh, about how fast we can go, or how tight, or how challenging this pattern is going to be, now it's more like, wait a second, what do we want to express? What do we want to? communicate and uh, what do we need you know what kind of massage we need with the music you know because we like to refer as music like uh, they're waves sound waves and and it goes through the body and it does something to you what kind of massage you want to give to people with that music what's important and uh, all these questions yeah of course with the passing of our mom and becoming parents ourselves all this is in the record. That was one of the things, like, when I first had uh, my my daughter the, that stepped in, it's like you start to realize, like, your sense of time changes. You know, things like your your life, become, the, that, that end date is kind of stamped on this. And that sort of seems like the you get that from both sides. You've got birth and rebirth, and then you have death yeah. kind of mixed yeah. in together. And yes. how you feel and how that introspection happens. Yes, yes. Trying to at this point, you guys would be thinking about the Gojira legacy. I mean, you guys are going down in history as as one of the greats, and you know every single album informs that like opinion of what people are going to have. You know, so people form opinions about Slayer or Metallica based on later albums, and you know it, it still feels like Gojira are in their prime. That, that's that's great to hear, man. <laughs> uh, we still have a I long worried, way to go. Yeah. I was worried, you know, you'd be on tour, and I had picked like you know you sitting down with carrie king and carrie going man this is what you got to do on the next album and me just going don't do it man don't do it don't do a punk rock cover record please (laughs) Did, did you pick their brains at all did you hear any advice no not at all not not with slayer uh, well, first of all, they're a bit scary, 
You know, I don't want to pick their brains. <laughs> I would be scared. You know, I don't. I don't know what I would find in their brains. I don't know. I don't want to know. Uh, but they're really nice dudes, and um, uh, we 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 we're, I, I want to say we're closer with Metallica. We toured more with Metallica, and it's um, we're more of um, uh, we, we're all big gig, giant Metallica fans in the band. Um, we we also grew up listening to Slayer, like I said, but uh, they're more in their own world, and they had a they had a very difficult time uh, lately with uh, Jeff, um, uh, the passing of Jeff, and uh, I didn't feel like you know um, uh, disturbing them too much. And sometimes on tour, also uh, it's weird. Sometimes there's this tours where bands stay on their on their own a little bit, and it was kind of like that with Slayer a little bit. We didn't really uh, hang out that much. See, if I were them, I'd be scared of you. Like, yeah, how right. do you follow that? <laughs> don't tell, don't tell them anything because if they take our advice, they might, they might be headlining next time. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, they're absolutely uh, mind blowing live, and I love how Tom is addressing the crowd, and I, I kind of take notes, you know, on how they do, and we, we it's mostly. Um, uh, it's rare, actually, uh, to give advice to other musicians, when, even when uh, when it's a smaller band. Uh, well, personally, I'd, I, w- I would never do that. And I say, Slayer, they, they just play, they perform, they play in front of us, and we we lo- we follow each other's uh, performances, and and uh, we learn from each other by watching each other play. Uh, that's that's more how it is. And uh, Slayer, I have one thing to say about Slayer. Their crew is absolutely phenomenal and they're helping us a lot when we tour with them and they're hooking us up you know if we we have a, uh, something uh, a pedal problem they'll give us a pedal right away or a cable or they jump on stage and help us to uh, to move our gear and uh, and we're actually uh, pretty close to their crew the Slayer crew is uh, really something it's a big family that's cool that's pretty awesome yeah. so I, I got an idea for the music video I'm not sure which song you do it for but it, I think it would hit all of the important things if you if you have a performance on the Sea Shepherd right but you yeah. have a, a predominantly female preferably good looking female audience watching you perform all the other women will watch that and go look the, the other women are into this uh, Gojira band I gotta go see them yeah. oh that's a good idea man yeah yeah, that's good. That's good. To create, yeah, to create. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, to create. Uh, it's it's basically creating your own destiny, and you you have a vision. You want you make it happen by uh. creating it. Yeah, I like that. It's a great idea. <laughs> it was like, and also raise awareness at the same time. So it's like you yeah. know, it's yeah. a dual purpose. I like it. Yeah, we we should maybe add uh, uh, dollar bills. You know, falling from the sky. You know, <laughs> like that would be. <laughs> <laughs> now we're now we're crossing genre. We're gonna yes, exactly. You're gonna be doing a video with Jay Z. It's gonna be I don't know. It's a, we're getting a little far out there. I think at this point. Maybe yeah. Has, <laughs> has Mario joined you in New York, or is he still in France? So he uh, he has joined me. Uh, we we he we we live in the same building in in Brooklyn, not the same apartment. Nice. We have you know our own uh, families and stuff. So. Um, we we're in the same building since uh, a little more than a year now. Um, he's not sure what he's going to do now. He, he really loves New York. It's just a bit expensive and crazy, and he loves surfing too much. And where we come from in France, the, the waves are so perfect. So he's thinking, you know, he's kind of torn. He's thinking maybe going back to France. 
Um, but for now, he lives in New York, yes. And I've been uh, living in New York for five years now, or a little more. Well, now you and, got a uh, studio, too. so gonna... I got a studio. I'm so happy to be part of uh, the community, you know, and... Um, I, I meet people and I have friends, uh, musician friends coming to my studio and um, it's a business, you know, so it's not, it's not easy every day. I have, I have a rent to pay and stuff, but it's, it's very exciting and I love, I love being here. It sounds like that was one hell of a process to get that thing going though. Like, yeah. like when you describe, <laughs> you're describing like uh, ha- having to, you know, build it yourself pretty, pretty much. You know, that's a yes. daunting task. I've been there. I've built studios before. That's uh, that, okay. That's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. Everybody uh, looked at me like I was totally insane. I threw myself into this. And I went into this weird uh, trance, you know, I was waking up in the morning at dawn, I couldn't sleep, you know, jumping in, in, the, in this car that someone gave me, uh, uh, became my car. And then I would go to the, you know, the lumber store and then buy stuff and put myself in the car and ask help to whoever was there. And then, um, um, and then going to this, it was in the middle of the winter too, it was super cold, one of the coldest winters in 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 uh, decades, I heard. It was the coldest February in 80 years or something like that. Uh, the winter was brutal, really, and there was no heat, no toilet, <laughs> just this big warehouse in Queens, and I was going there every day wondering, what am I doing? You know, I'm supposed to make a record, and I'm instead of I'm building a recording studio, it's like the worst business to get involved with right now with the explosion of you know home studios and shit like that's the last thing you should do is having a recording studio and that's what i was going for and um i put everything i had in it all the all the, the small savings i had everything went into this and then and i was building it myself i had to finally hire people to help me and then um our sound engineer joined me months later to finish all the acoustic and finish the floor. Mario was there too. Um, uh, and at the end, sometimes I had like five people around me, you know, some days, but I was the one there every day. And uh, it was pretty, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy experience. <laughs> um, and then one day I woke up and there was a studio in front of me, you know, it's uh, the, the beauty of it. Even if it looks impossible, it's just one day, oh, it's there. That's it. So how pissed was the wife when you said, I want to build a recording studio? <laughs> she didn't she didn't fully understood what what it meant, you know? Yeah. She she understood it like a few months in. She's like, "My goodness, but so what did you do today?" I'm like, "Well, today I put the, you know, the the, the wood, uh, this like I didn't even know how to explain to her and I, I was covered with bruises and and cuts everywhere." Um, and, uh, it was interesting, but now she's very, very, uh, proud and she, she was also excited to be, um, supporting me in this and she was cooking for me. It was coming home late and it was food in the kitchen. It was great. And, uh, I have a great wife. She's very supportive and, uh, she, she helped me going through that hell, uh, without going completely crazy. Why did you want to do it? What was the, what was the, the impetus behind it? Was it just something that you, you desired to do for a long time? Or something yeah, else. Yeah, it was. You know, it's. Uh, I couldn't help it. It was. Um, you, we grew up in the southwest of France, in a, in you know, in a remote area, and we always had that that room 
to create and this other room to put our instruments and we always had a lot of space and we're used to um, record our own demos and then record our own albums uh, we did it on on our second record The Link mm-hmm. we took a loan in the bank and we bought some gear and we did we barely knew how to use it but we recorded ourselves and uh, we recorded uh, and mixed uh, from Ars to Sirius 2 and then The Way of All Flesh was just the drums were recorded in LA but everything else in France back to our home studio. So we always had that. And um, when we did L'Enfant Sauvage, we did it in New York. And it was, it was very weird for us to, to pay a studio like $1,000 a day to record drums. And then, you know, it's very, very, very expensive to go in a studio. So I thought with the money that we're going to spend... Uh, just to for studio sessions, we could take that money and build a studio. And even it's hard and it's long and it's it's painful, and then it's a responsibility and we have to pay the rent and all that. But if we can get that going, uh, it means next time we record an album, we go back to that configuration where we could save the advance instead of spending it all in a studio session for the next record. So I'm I'm trying to think. For the future, like I'm trying to, you know, to plan the future. And when we make a record, basically when bands do a record, they get money from the record company, but it, it's re, uh, recoupable. Uh, so it's our money, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. And uh, so the idea here is to, to, to keep that money instead of spending it all in the studio next time. And so smart. And you can charge yeah. somebody else a thousand dollars a day to record their stuff there too while you're while you're at it. Yes, yes, but I refuse to be in that uh, in the in the crazy prices. Uh, the New York prices are, are too insane. Uh, a simple room in the city to practice for a few hours, and you spend six hundred dollars. So uh, my studio is is going to uh, stay uh, cheap because I want bands to be able to spend time and relax, and I want the vibe in the studio to be awesome. You know, I want people to have a great time and, and be able to work their uh, their craft. And take Does the this time. mean that there are going to be more Gojira albums coming out more often, or is there going to be, you guys going to spend more time with your recording in the process and, and, and experiment that way? How is this going to change things for you? So, um, so the main thing, like I said, really for us, the big change is more autonomy. Like we're, we're going to be more, um, more money at the end of the day for us because there's no studio to pay. It's going to be our studio, so it's just going to be the rent. So what we pay in uh, um, two days of studio sessions is going to be one month rent in my studio. So it's, that's a huge difference. Um, and then, yes, more opportunities to just, you know, on a day off in New York, we'll, we'll go the whole band and record a song maybe, you know, and so more, um, it's a great tool for us to, to work. Uh, but when it's time to make a record, we do it no matter what. It's not, we, it's never yeah. a problem. Well, yeah. and it's, and it's opened up like the whole, you guys were doing the master class thing too, right? That you just yes. did one of those this weekend or something. Uh, it's like, that's yeah. a cool opportunity too with, uh, with, with the setup like that, right? Exactly. Yes. And Mario uh, is there every morning, even when there's uh, someone in the studio doing something, tracking vocals or whatever. He's, he's still going early, play drums, um, get ready for the summer, to, the summer tours, and uh, he's very he's working a lot. And so that gives his uh, gives, gives him an opportunity to work. And and yes, the master classes we did this uh, weekend, uh, they they went great. It was very interesting and very cool for both. Um, 
Mario and me and uh, and the audience. Apparently, they were happy, <laughs> uh, and it was great. It was it was also a good opportunity for us to uh, go back to the old days because we're we're explaining how we got our sound, how we uh, practiced all these years to be as tight as possible, and so. Uh, as we were explaining these exercises and these little tricks, we're like, holy shit, we should really go back to these exercises and, and to be tighter. <laughs> so it, it was very inspiring and very cool. That's what I was thinking. The I was best like, way to learn is to teach. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, wow, I bet, I bet you kind of rediscover a few things. It's like, oh, you know, I've been doing this wrong this whole time. I know yeah. that I know how to do it right. <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I realized I don't play enough. I'd, I'd like to play a guitar more often. And uh, it was it was awesome this weekend to do this. And for me, it's a way also to uh, pay the rent for my studio. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I, I talk a lot about the money right now. I don't know. It's a, it's a it's it's a problem for everybody. <laughs> well, two kids and a pe- and a place in New York and a place oh, in yeah. Queens. Uh, yeah, I think well, yeah, I think that's kind of important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're gonna sign up uh, both the kids to be driving. Uber, you know, just to, just to put, <laughs> put, 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 put yeah, yeah, when they're old enough, yes. Joe, Joe I, I, I'm, this is going to be like the most annoying fanboy question ever, but you said that after you were done with L'Enfant Sauvage, you were already thinking about this album. Are you already thinking about the next one? Um, not really, but sometimes, yes, we, uh, we talk about it, um, and we're like, hey, what about that riff that never made it on the record? Oh, that's, that would be for the next one. Yes, because it could be like this, like that. So, you know, it's in our minds, and there's no doubt that it's going to be another record. You know, we love what we do too much, and I built that studio to uh, be able for the first time to to really actually keep some of the advance. <laughs> so um, we set up, you know, we set up uh, like a, a nice um, place and, and we, we, we talk about it, like the new record, the, the next one is already in our minds, but it's not like we have uh, ideas, really musical ideas. We're, we're so into the, uh, this one right now. Of course. Yeah. And touring is starting right away because you guys never stop. Yes, yes. I, I could use a, a little vacation right now, but uh, it looks like it's not happening. Plus, I'm producing two bands um, right now. Like it's, I'm almost done, and uh, so I didn't really take a minute to rest. Uh, but we, yes, we are in May. We'll be in Europe uh, for uh, to prepare the tour. So, uh, who are you, who are you working with? Is this in your studio? Is that the yeah? There's a, a band from Canada that's called KM, and uh, they're about to change their name. It's like they're, they're starting, and it was really interesting to work with them. And I, I, I was mainly coaching the singer and giving some advice and doing some structure um, changes in the song, in the songs. Um, and then I'm working with a band. Uh, they're my very dear friends from uh, from Long Island in Brooklyn. It's a band from here, uh, Car Bomb. Oh yeah. Yeah, we took them on tour uh, two times, and I'm pretty sure we'll take them on tour again on this cycle. And um, they, well, I'm producing their new record. It's going to be incredible. Well, I can't wait for the rest of the world to hear this, hear the new record, because I think that I think that people are going to be shocked. It's going to be a shock and awe. It's going to change a few people's minds about you guys, and I think bring a lot nice. more people in. I really do. Wow, this is incredible to hear. Awesome. <laughs>
love listening to podcasts. That's why you're listening to your favorite one right now. How about streaming music? Goes without saying, right? What happens when you combine one of the internet's premier streaming audio sites and your favorite Jabberjaw Media podcast? Gold, I tell you. Check out Adobe.com for some great streaming music and every single Thursday from 5 to 8 p.m. is the Jabberjaw Media block featuring the Modern Vinyl podcast and Break It Down with Matt Carter. That's just the beginning. Adobe will be bringing you more of what you want, great music and great podcasts powered by Jabberjaw Media. That's I-D-O-B-I Adobe.com I might be in too much debt with the hell in my head I'm way too aggressive The nervous ticks The twitch in my neck I'll never repress it
No music from Beartooth right there. That's the title song of their new record called Aggressive on the Metal Sucks Podcast. Uh, not Love bad. It. Not bad at all. Love it. I, I, I'm so excited that, like, for a while you kind of dread the like best of the year list but when you hear a song like that it's like oh okay okay this list is gonna be okay i'm gonna be all right i'm gonna be all right this song's gonna help get me there now my fear is is that okay so um, and i i don't i think i've talked about this in the podcast before is that when i hear something and i like it right out of the gate usually two weeks from now i'm gonna be like meh uh, so, because it, it it just doesn't have much longevity to it. I don't know about this band just yet whether or not I'm going to have that kind of longevity. Sometimes, you know, I want it to be a grower, not a shower. You know, so, so, <laughs> like like the new Inner Arma. Like I fucking hated that when I first heard it, uh, and and now I'm like, okay, all right, I'm kind of I'm, I'm down now. Granted, you know, putting an 11 minute song on the podcast might be a little bit much, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I really dug it, you know. But it took like four or five listens to actually go. Yeah, now I'm now I'm kind of feeling. Oh, now I'm getting it. All right, cool. Well, at least we know those bands are real. Same way. But there are so many in the world that aren't real. <laughs> Going all the way back to the beginning of time, uh, beginning of rock and roll, whether it's Spinal Tap, you know, people thought it was real. You know, they had uh, they had little people dancing around Stonehenge, you know, a miniature Stonehenge, you know, there's so many different things that could be done with with a fake band. Well, gorillas have been around for how long now? You know, it's like longer than Blur were around. That's for damn sure. You know, yeah. it's not a real band. It's an animated band. But, you know, it doesn't matter. It ends up people really like the music. So therefore, it is what it is, you know, and that. That's that's all that matters. I, I don't get the gorillas thing. It's not my bag, but hey, whatever floats the boat. I think that the fact that they're not human, that they're cartoon characters or whatever, is a huge part of the appeal. You can't tell me that Death Clock would have sold as many albums as they did if it were just four dudes. You know, yeah, it's there's just no way. It, you have to have a story. You have to have some sort of story behind it that people can get involved in, and if it's a bunch of superheroes and and you can make up the story and it can be anything you want well that's even better well now i kind of think in in a weird way the reverse is almost true in some respects now like you say in the death clock situation the, the for me the music has got to be spot on like if you're going to do some kind of gimmick like that and the same thing with the gorillas when they were out the music has got to be damn good if the music is damn good then you, whatever shtick you kind of layer over the top of it totally works and then if that story blends in and makes it even better and enhances it that's great but if the music sucked like if the music was terrible then the whole thing would be completely shot you know so i think i think that when you have a, a mastermind like brandon small creating something like death clock there's almost no way that it can fail uh just because there's you know the the music is so freaking good like on top of it you know what i mean it certainly helps but i think that you know that that everybody's been kind of swindled if they think that the music could stand on its own i mean it could stand as no, no, a, no, on no. its own as another death metal band but not like we're going to do a headlining you know theater tour you know that well, that is not yeah. going to happen no, unless no, no, you're no. a cartoon you know no and and i'm not saying that either but what i'm saying is that if you don't have legitimate music that's decent behind it then the whole thing would be pretty much worthless, you know, because the joke is funny for a little while, but, you know, it just doesn't go anywhere. I've said the same thing about Guar for years. You know, it's like Guar is people have tried to emulate Guar, before, you know, several times over 
And the problem with it is, is that they have the shtick, they'll have the blood, they'll try the guts, they'll try all that stuff, but they can't write a fucking song to save their lives. So it's you can't say that Guar like you know (laughs) genius musicians. I mean, yeah, but they're not. I mean, they've got a handful of good songs, but I mean, (laughs) their their music is not as good as most other bands in the genre. I, I, that didn't have the shtick. The shtick is what makes it so it's worth it. Nobody's popping on the latest Guar album just to listen to it. Nobody does that. You know. That's, well, that's, that that might be you, but I listened to a lot of Guar just because I liked Guar. So, uh, um, yeah, I don't. I, I kind of disagree. I actually like. <laughs> I like their their shit. So well, the, the the reason that I was bringing all this up is there's a season of mist just signed a band called sons of ball hour who claim they're a black metal band from Norway, but they're a cartoon. <laughs> so that's kind of, <laughs> it's interesting because they have, we don't know all what it's going to be or anything like that, but there's going to be music. Somebody's making something. They got these characters that are very broadly drawn, uh, but you know, it, could be good, could be not good, but then I see people commenting on the this news and they're kind of pissy about it. And it's like, what's the big deal? I mean, this is not like it's never been done before. And even if it had never been done before, isn't it cool? Isn't it better? You know, I, I, I know people that, that were really pissed off about the whole death clock thing, too. Just the fact that they were getting the fact that they got signed. The fact that they got radio play, the fact that they got tours, the fact that they got big and fans and stuff like that. There are some people that were pissed just because, yo, I've been working in my band really hard forever and blah, 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 blah. You don't deserve that for being a fake-ass band. Your band is boring. (laughs) You're a bunch of boring people. You should try to come up with something interesting. That's what every band should be striving to do is try to find some way that they'll be interesting to other people. When upon a burning uh, body claims that their singer's been abducted, that's interesting. That's that's pretty, you know, now I'm interested. I I wouldn't know the name if it weren't for them. Whatever it takes to make your band interesting, including getting rid of the whole band and replacing them with, you know, caricatures that, hey, it works. It totally works. Don't don't get me started on the Ponder Burning Body thing. I know why you bring that up to try to piss me off. But I'm not going to take your bait, my friend. I, I can agree with the cartoon character thing because it is... It's a way to create kind of interest, and it's a way to kind of come outside of the box and create something different. Now, I think the re- like I think people have less of a reason to be pissed at something like this and Seasons of Mist signing a band like this because I think it's like you said, it's got some kitsch. It's been done before with Death Clock. I, I where where I think people would legitimately kind of get pissed is a band like Ghost Bath, where they are. You think that's legitimate? What the the anger the being pissed at that man? Yeah. Well, I th- no. What I'm saying is like, if you, if you want to be angry at that band, go ahead. Be angry at that band. That I can kind of I can kind of see. And okay. Like, so real quick. So Ghost Bath claimed, or at least insinuated, that they were from China. It turns out that they're actually from I think either Fargo, North Dakota, yeah, North Dakota or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know is as you know awful as China probably, <laughs> but. In its own, so I don't in its own way. <laughs> you know? oh, 
Have you ever been to North Dakota? I have been to North Dakota. And, uh, and uh, you know, when you're sitting there in the winter in North Dakota, I'm sure you go, you know, we just got to get the fuck out of here. Whatever we, it takes. We'd rather be in a communist socialist, <laughs> like, uh, sticking, uh, you know, sticking screens strong. on iPhones for all day for 16 uh, hours a day, man. You know, something. I want to work for Foxconn. It's going to be better than the oil fields. I, I believe it. everybody who lives in North Dakota has lived before. And sinned horribly because that, <laughs> the, that place is awful. Uh, they, oh uh, they, they voted God. for the bathroom bill over there. That's, a, that's, a, that's why they went to North Dakota. Well, they but, don't even get. They don't even have a Mount Rushmore. You got to go to South Dakota <laughs> for that. <laughs> uh, but no, I think. But I think that in where that is a problem is that that's a lie, like a straight up lie, right? You know, and when you're lying about who you are, that's different. You know, when it's Amelie Brune and Mirkur and you're trying to keep your identity secret, you know, fuck it. Fine. You're not lying about it. You're not faking, trying to fake people out and being and lying. That's different than saying that we're from China or at least implying uh, they're from China. You know, and that and doing that sort of thing to try to gain some favor. I think that's does the, it, why people have a problem with that. What does it matter? What does it matter? It's all about the music, man. It's the music that really matters, right? Eh, if well, if that's if, if that. that's the if that's the truth, which is the same thing that the, the same people will get upset at somebody like Ghostbath for insinuating that they're from Asia instead of from North Dakota because they want to be interesting. Is are the same people who then go? It's all about the, I don't care if he's a Nazi. I don't care if they're, uh, uh, you know, this or that. The other thing, it's about the music. That's what really matters. I, I judge how much I'm a fan by the music. Well, all right. So do that in this case, too. Be consistent. Well, no, I, that's not what I'm, I don't judge them solely by the music. I think that I think that this is what their attempt to do to try to promote themselves was part of that backstory. What you're trying, what like what are you saying? You're trying to make it more interesting for people, and it's different when you're a, a cartoon band. You know, you're creating this thing, and it's some and it's something else. It's part of the creation and the and the concept and that sort of thing. Versus lying about you know your race and where you're from and and that sort of thing like the like the upon a burning body thing god damn it i don't want to but still that's a fucking lie and that sucks ass and i fucking don't i can't stand that shit like that really like those those guys really piss me off because of that so but uh, i don't get why you take all this so personally i you know to me it's sort of like Ah, but you know, I thought you were from China, but that, that you you got me. But the music's great, and so that's all that matters. And I move on. You know, I it, it just I just let it roll. I don't understand why everybody goes. Oh my God, you lied to me. I, you told me something that wasn't true. Hey, oh my bro, God, it's because what the hell we, am I going to do? It's because we care about oh. metal, my friend. We care. In our heart and souls, man. But this you is know, this is this is only helping metal. I'm telling you, if every band out there could could you you know what this is my request. Every band out there, could you make up just a little bit of bullshit so that <laughs> way you'd be interesting? Just a little. Uh, well, come on, come on, come on. I don't know. I feel, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> come on, but you know I'm right. Uh, you no. know that if every band out there right now had a you know you get everybody together, you get the bassist even to show up and you pull out the whiteboard and you go okay guys tomorrow we're gonna tweet something out and it's got to be good it doesn't have to be true it just has to be good wouldn't that be awesome wouldn't that for everybody wouldn't that be awesome i don't understand why anybody have a problem with that 
Uh, no. Uh, for I, one day, we're yeah. going to be, this is going to be interesting. Your band will be interesting for a day. How great is that? I don't know. Now, afterwards, you got a bunch of stick in the muds who, who get their panties in a wad and go, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. But the, you know what? The rest of us are like, eh, you got me, you got me. But hey, I listen to your music and your music's good. All right, and that's so, all that matters. All right. So if I can put this into uh, a nerd reference for myself to kind of make it, make it sort of. Uh, and also, it's sort of relevant. I am Captain America, and I stand for truth and justice and right. And you, sir, are Iron Man, where you stand for, uh, you know, pragmatism and 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 trying to make things better, but ultimately destroying the fucking world. All right, so I'm I'm right here, and you just got to understand that that's how it is. I I have no idea what all that was. <laughs> You know, that sounded like, I, to me, from here, it sounded like, and you're Yoda, and there's a lightsaber, and then a Spock comes along, and I have no idea what that is. Uh, see, the people that, uh, that, don't worry, your kids are going to love it. It's all good, man. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up, dude. Uh, make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, man. Uh, that way, it comes right to your inbox, and you can enjoy this podcast Every single Monday right there on your device, in your car, wherever you want to get your podcast. You can also find us, of course, MetalSucks.net every single Monday on the podcast page. Boom, it'll be right there joined with all of our other podcasts that you can go back and peruse at your leisure. Feel free to do that. You can find us on social media. I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook. And Godless Speaks on Spotify and Chug. Poker Stars, <laughs> Jesus, Party Poker, yeah. uh, geez, like all the poker sites. I'm I'm back on Patty Power even. Come Red on. Tube. Um, uh, you can find me on Red Tube. You can find me on XN. Oh, oh never mind. That's all good. Um, but you can, at Chuck and Godless on Instagram. Uh, you can find us on Patreon if you want to become a supporter. ChuckandGodless.com or Patreon.com slash ChuckandGodless. Dig us up there. We would appreciate your support. Thank you. We give you all kinds of cool extras. We were talking about it earlier. Some extra stuff from 70,000 tons just went up this week because I'm a loser. So, yeah, you can check all that stuff out uh, and help us out and uh, and keep this thing going. You know what I'm saying, man? Yeah, uh, hey, thank you to at Ragoth for the cool recommendation on Twitter this week. That was uh that was oh, don't, get, don't, like don't get me started on that too. God damn it! Ah, just want to tell you what. All right, till next week. I am Chuck. I am Godless, and this is another Metal Sucks podcast. been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.